From the epistle of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 6. Brethren, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the sinful body might be destroyed, that we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. For we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. From the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 8. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come a long way. And his disciples answered to him, How can one feed these men with bread here in the desert? And he asked them, How many loaves have you? They said, Seven. And he commanded the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he commanded that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the bread, the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people. And he sent them away. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. The sanctuary lamp in the church burns this week in loving memory of Tony and Rose Provenza. Our second collection today is for security. Parish office will be closed tomorrow, July 5th, in observance of Independence Day holiday. The Culture of Life Committee invites all parishioners to fast on Friday, July the 9th, this Friday, and to pray on Saturday, July 10th. We invite you to look in the bulletin for details on those invitations. The Parish School of Religion Catechism Program has openings for teachers in the 21-22 academic year. Uh, for more information, again, we also encourage you to pick up the bulletin and also to look there uh, for parishioner milestones, baptisms, marriages, and such in the first half of this year. This Holy Mass is being offered for David Akota. In the late 13th century, a young lady was born in Italy. She had a great love for our blessed Lord and a longing to share in his cross. This longing led her to pursue religious life, to become a consecrated sister, to entrust all of herself to our blessed Lord. But still there was an ache, a longing for the cross. 
longing for a greater share in the sufferings of our Lord. And so she persevered, continuing to prepare her own heart for the day when the Lord might, by chance, invite her to take up something greater. It was in the midst of prayer one day that she encountered our blessed Lord in a a sort of mystical experience. She saw him walking through the town, and he was carrying his cross once again. She went and knelt in front of him and pled, Lord, where are you going? Our Lord simply responded, I've searched the whole world for a strong place to firmly place this cross, and I have not found one. Then pointing to her breast and stretching out her arms, she invited our Lord to place it there in her own heart. Our Lord's downcast look immediately turned into a radiant smile, and he thrust the cross into her breast. From that point on, she had the joy of her reward of great sufferings, uniting herself intensely to the cross of our Savior throughout the rest of her earthly life. And after her death, the body of St. Clair of Montefalco was examined and found that in her heart, fibrous tissues had come to form together a cross, the cross of our Savior planted deeply within her breast. The collect of today's Mass, we make a similar invitation and a request of our blessed Lord. In serepacatoribus nostris, amori tui nominis, e presta in nobis religionis augmentum, graft into our hearts the love of thy name, and grant us an increase of religion. The phrase in serepacatoribus is uh, neatly translated as graft into our hearts, uh, a sort of uh, agrarian reference. Um, But as often, the the Latin doesn't exactly translate, so we have to kind of make sense of it to some degree. Uh, A kind of more general, um, straightforward translation would be something to the effect of plant in our chests, right? We clean it up and make it sound nicer, graft onto our hearts. We're inviting the Lord to do something, And whether we see it as planting in one's chest with the blade of a shovel or grafting into one's heart uh, the love of Christ, the simple fact is there's a blade involved, and the thing that it pierces is us, our hearts. The reality is that when our Lord comes to us and we invite him to come to us, it is he first who has invited us And he invites us first to share in his cross. It is the first thing that we do when we follow our blessed Lord, is we allow his suffering to enter into our body. It doesn't often take the manner, the same manner, and the same as St. Clair of having physical suffering, but in every one of us, as St. Paul tells us today, as he speaks to the Romans, in every one of us, at the moment of our baptism, we died. We were pierced. Our heart was touched by Christ, by his grace. And we experienced the fruits of sin, namely death. But in Christ, we were also raised. This too gives us the beautiful image that Mother Church places upon our lips in this prayer. The invitation is that whenever something is planted within one's heart, 
or whether it is grafted onto one's heart, there is a death. There is something that is cut away, a hole that is made, a branch that is removed. But then in its place, something else comes. New life, a new branch, a new tree planted in us. The old man is cut away. The new one is placed there. Death gives place to new life. Suffering gives place to a resurrection. St. Paul encourages us to remember this, that indeed we have been baptized into his death and into his resurrection. So when suffering comes to us, it should not come as a surprise. It is simply a reminder to us that we have already taken part in our Lord's death. Why would we not have to taste the cross again? In baptism, we are grafted into Christ and he into us. This wondrous mystical exchange, a general gift of self, one to another, it is this that we rejoice in this holy day. In addition to this, the second part of the prayer continues this sort of agrarian um, reference in the prayer of the collect. First one is grafted into the heart. The love, of the, the love of the name of the Lord is grafted into our hearts. But then there is a, a request that can seem a, it's a sort of a bit veiled, an increase in religion. We pray for an increase in religion. And what is religion? Some people would say religion today is a bad word that we don't talk about. We could be spiritual but not religious. Being religious is something that one wants to avoid. But here we pray to, in, to have the Lord increase in us religion. And religion, the virtue of religion, is being bound to God. It is intentionally and voluntarily submitting oneself to the Lord. And when something is grafted, when a new branch is grafted upon a tree, it is cut. The new branch is placed and then some sort of tape or something binds it together so that it stays, so that it remains, so that it stays connected and the new life can continue to pour into the new branch and so forth. The new fruits will be produced. And this is what we're asking our blessed Lord, is the Lord, we've been baptized. We have been brought into the body of Christ and the love of Christ has been planted in our hearts. It's been grafted into our hearts. Now, Lord, sustain us. Bind us to yourself. We must stay attached to our blessed Lord and not allow that which is grafted simply to fall away. We are bound to the Lord by the virtue of religion. It manifests itself in acts of adoration, of piety, of prayer, true worship. This aligns perfectly with the reading that Mother Church has also given us on this occasion as a sort of reminder to us of how is it that we are bound to our blessed Lord in the Eucharist. It is in the Eucharist that Christ comes and continues to wrap us up and to keep us close to himself, to keep us close to his heart as we seek to have him close to ours. The Eucharist is the thing that sustains us. It is the thing that sustained the people of old, as they were out also in the wilderness, much like our Lord finds himself with the 4,000 today. And as we walk through the wilderness of this life, our Lord continues to provide for us that wonderful spiritual nourishment that assures that we do not simply languish and, and fall as we might seek to go home. Fall not just in the general sense, 
but to fall in our life, to fall into sin, to fall away from Christ. We stay close to him, and only after we are nourished with the Eucharist are we sent away like the 4,000 were sent immediately after being nourished by our Lord. Indeed, we rejoice today at these two gifts, the two sacraments offered to us, one that unites us to Christ, and the other one that endures and binds us to him continuously, day after day, week after week. So we turn to our Lord in thanksgiving. Whatever share of the cross we might have this week, we embrace it, because we have been strengthened by Christ, bound always to him, and what is his shall never be lost.